Welcome to Connect with DP City, ADP City Church Podcast. Some of the best conversations I've had is with you two brothers, you know. I'm going to say something pretty controversial right now. Based on my Yo Mama tagline, right? No, Santiago is amazing. Miss Tori has definitely raised an amazing, amazing young man. We're super um, just thankful not only to be his youth pastors or his uh, production leads, but just his friend. Um, it was interesting that you brought up kids. Um, like recently when Cheyenne was in a volleyball game and just watching her, she had several serves where her team was winning those points. And I was proud of her. And Let me fix this. We're still learning, guys. We're, we're still learning. Holding dead pigs, a knife. It's very incriminating. <laughs> they like, they are so mean. I'm like, I just... I just want that little crock pot right there. Oh, no. You're still Bishop Reggie Lewis. Yeah, we do call you the bishop. (laughs) Not just a bishop. The the bishop. I don't think, I think they assume it's a government thing. Hey, guys, welcome to this week's episode of Connect with DP City. As always, this is your host, Kyle Headley. I have our amazing Pastor Steve with us and a special guest, our very own U.S. Army veteran, Greg Goodfield. Everybody give it up for Mr. Greg. What was? Yeah. Greg didn't know we had people in the studio with oh, us today. That's kind of cool, isn't it? All right, all right, all right. Greg's got his own fan club. Oh, Came yeah. with him. Oh, yeah. I. They're, they're, they're all in my head. <laughs> hey, I like that. I think we all have those, right? He does have his own fan club. I happen... Not to be the president of it. You're not the yeah. president of it? No, but you, I am the secretary of arms. I like that. That's a Celsius, guys. That is not an alcoholic. You know, my girls <laughs> like the, my girls like those drinks. Are they pretty good? Yeah, they're they're like a... Um, we actually sell them at the church morning cafe now. We got off the rock stars. They're like a healthier energy oh, drink. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they are. There's a, there's a rain version of... It looks similar to that, but it has the rain logo on it. And it's all like... Natural, natural energy. Yeah. Oh, that's, instead yeah. of like pretty popular of, right now. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I need at least one a day. You like those energy drinks? <laughs> I drink a rain every morning. Yeah, like, like the old school rains, like when they first came out. Because it's those ones are pretty popular with the military folk. I think yeah. it has nothing to do with more of just the Spartan logo. You think that's what it is? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. probably the, is. The military folk. Got to get in that mindset. You got to yeah. get in that mindset. Yeah, yeah that you makes know, sense. They don't like the bangs as much because they have weird names like Rainbow Unicorn yeah. and like Bomberry Boozooka. They were super popular, though, when they first came out with the bangs because it has creatine in it. And they were like 99 cents. So I was just curious. I know you're getting ready to get to probably something else, but when you were overseas and like Iraq and all these different England, and mm-hmm. can you get these type of drinks over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. the, uh, so in the military, the the exchange services, the people that run like the stores on the base, mm-hmm. they they have setups over there too. So that's cool. So I actually yeah. have a couple funny stories in regards to that. Um, one, when I was a kid, shortly after nine eleven, my uncle was a marine for twenty something years. Not at that time, but obviously, um, he got stationed in. Did we go to Afghanistan first after nine eleven? <sighs> I mean, we we've had kind of up in people in both countries for probably so up around. 20 I want to say he went to Afghanistan, and he what he ran was he was the head of like a, a fueling base that was in between bases. So basically, he had like a little a little in between base where they would stop and refuel, mm. and he had like fifteen people at this base, right, right where they right. would refuel like LAVs or helicopters or whatever. 
And uh, I remember we put together this big old care package of gummy bears and gummy worms oh, that's cool. and all kinds of stuff that we nice. can send them. We went to like, what was it called? Uh, it turned it eventually turned into Big Lots, but was it? It was something pick and save. Pick and mm -hmm. save, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we yeah. Went I to remember when that was pick and save. We yeah. went to a pick and save and bought a bunch of sobies and and different things. Dude, you have no 90s. idea how much that like helps the motivation of troops overseas. Like oh, those bet. care packages, it's it, it's it's more than just the the stuff, but you know, realizing that there's people back home that mm -hmm. care about you know what we have over there and what we don't have, and yeah. you know, even silly stuff like socks or razors. You know, we could get that stuff while we're there. You know. But just to receive those packages from, you know, love fellow Americans. Yeah, 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 yeah. People that mean something to yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it reminds us why we do that stuff. You know, it's really cool. Yeah. I was in the magazine business for <clears throat> almost 17 years, and we used to go on to Air Force bases and Army bases. I remember in particular Reese Air Force Base in Lubbock, Texas, and delivered the magazines and stuff. So they always had those stores. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I was in El Paso for a couple of years, and we used to go to Fort Bliss, oh, which yeah. I believe is uh, Army, there. right? Yes, that's yeah, Army. Yeah. Army. Yeah. yeah, amazing base and everything. Have you Big. seen it recently? I have not. They, they totally redid everything. Really? Beautiful. It's that's beautiful awesome. down there, like the uh, like where all the stores are and stuff. Yeah. It's like an outdoor mall. Like there's a, a B-dubs there. That's like wow. legit beat ups. There's an Irish bar, like an Irish pub. That's amazing. And they they do outdoor like country concerts and yeah. free attendance and, Man, and the it's more big that, name the stuff. The more that they can do That's for neat. the troops, the oh, better, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, so I agree. When I was um in 2015, so I would have been 24, I got an opportunity to run a job at Fort Carson. So I could talk now, about where's it that at? In Colorado. Colorado. Oh, okay. So I can talk about it now, but back then I actually had to sign a disclosure agreement because I was building nuclear containment bases for for basically nuclear bombs. Right, right. And also hangars for jets that would carry nuclear payload. Yep. So at that time, I, I couldn't talk about what I was doing on the base. Mm. I had to sign a four-year uh, discreetment so that the Taliban didn't come kidnap me at night and turn in my blueprints. And Although, I, although you could rock the beard for him. <laughs> I was never scared that that was going to happen. But He kind of looks like he should be in the Taliban, doesn't he? Oh, I mean, no. He, need, he needs a longer beard. He's got the color for the it. The tattoos and the ear ear piercings are not going to uh, let right, me fly. Right. So, Shalom, my brother. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is bad. I can't Sorry, Kyle. I'm just I can't believe we haven't gotten shut down. The things we talk about on this uh. podcast. So anyways, um, they were a bunch of greens. So people who just came out of basic training mm. were at the gas station and they were packing up because they were getting ready to go spend two weeks in the field up in the mountains in Colorado. Mm. Nice. And they had to hike out from the gas station. So their commanding officer said, hey, whatever you can carry, you know, that's fine. So these guys are carrying, you know, jugs of monsters and cases of beer, just whatever they can carry, right? <laughs> but I seen one guy who he wasn't fresh out of basic training, but he wasn't a commanding officer or anything. And he walks over to the counter and is like, "Give me like thirty packs of cigarettes, and like yep. twenty packs of chew." And I was thinking. Dude, you're only up there for two weeks. There's no way you need that much stuff. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. This is an investment. Yep. Mm. He's all, I could sell each can, cigarette yeah, for yeah. the price yep. of one pack once people start running I out of stuff. I can verify that. When I was up in <laughs> Washington at Fort Lewis, we would go to Yakima Training Center mm. for like a month at a time. And we had we would have platoon sergeants that would they would drop like 500 bucks on nicotine products. And then we'd get out in the field and after about two weeks, people would start running out of stuff. Yeah. And so they would, yeah, I'll sell you a pack of cigarettes for 20 bucks. Yeah. 
and people You're running would, a business. Dude, yeah. these guys would do it. <laughs> no. They're extorting and their it's own like, people. <laughs> bro, just quit smoking for two weeks, man. Like, because yeah. yeah. you're gonna smoke that pack in like two days. Yeah, and yeah. then you're gonna have to drop another twenty bucks. Yeah, no, that's apps. Yeah, you got a captive audience. Well, I mean, like, where are they gonna go? Yeah, they're yeah. not gonna go anywhere. And yeah. then you also think about it. His his backpack weight was way lighter than all these other dudes. You know, he could trade somebody one cigarette for a monster. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so these guys are carrying up. 18 packs of monsters and he's just like yeah whatever i'll i'll pack five five pounds of nicotine products. so how long do you have to work at fort I worked, carson i worked there for six months uh i ended up quitting that particular job because Teresa was actually pregnant with kenai mm. so and they were back here in um california and then it also started dude the weather in fort carson's weird there's some conspiracy theories that they can they can manipulate the weather and the mountains there and I kind of believe it because there would be days where <laughs> it was 90 degrees. And then at four o'clock every single day for like two weeks straight, the same cloud would come over mm. and start dumping rain. But then it wow. got into like the snow mm. and pouring concrete in the snow is not fun. So, yeah, I ended up getting asking for a transfer back to California. You know, I know you probably have other directions you're going with this, but I had a question for Greg because you saying you had to go there to work. Sharisa was pregnant. And we talked about briefly yesterday, when you were deployed, how difficult was it to have to leave your family at times? I know there was, you said when you were in England, your family could be with you some, but how difficult is that on you as a father and a husband? And how did, how did you always see how that affected your family as well? That's a, <laughs> that's a rough com- com- conversation, to be honest with you. It's really mm-hmm. hard. Um, and it's something that, that service members bury really deep. Uh, it was hard. Like my first, my first, not my first deployment, my second deployment, uh, was right after my oldest daughter, Phoebe, you know, who goes to the church, you know, a little shout out to my daughter. She's amazing. <laughs> Phoebe but, is amazing. Yes, I like Phoebe. She's, she's a, she is, I, I've definitely been, I mean, I've been blessed by, by all my children, you know, with all my children. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she's a gem, and Tyler's a. I was watching the podcast that you had with him today this morning while I was oh. at work. <laughs> a kid, the kid's amazing. That's yeah. my he's, guy. Yeah. That was a good podcast, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it, it was, was good. a really good. Make one. sure you tell him that he's a little insecure because we didn't get as uh, yeah. emotionally and spiritually it, deep. You yeah, know, it's good. funny because he always shakes my hand when he says hi and bye to me, mm. like when they they come to the house or whatever. And this last time they came, you know, I I was like, don't don't shake my hand. What are you doing? Give me a hug. Yeah, like, I'm no longer sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pops. I'm gonna be your like. I'm I'm about to be dad to you. Like, yeah. Okay, come on, man. Yeah. You know, and I, I I've started telling him that I love him because I do. You know, yeah. I have a lot of respect for that kid. You know, he's done a lot for my daughter, and, and that means a lot to me. Um, but back to your question, it was incredibly difficult. Mm. Um, my second deployment, I tried to quit smoking, and I was doing really good. I was I was going to the gym. I was. You know, I yoked out, like I gained like 20 pounds in the gym. My arms were like 19 inches. It was, mm. it was great. I was loving it. I was spending like two hours every day in the gym and I'd work out till I puke, you know, taking all the supplements and everything, not smoking, you know, it was, it was great. And then, uh, I finally was able to call and talk to them on the phone. And, you know, of course I talked to her mom and then she, I heard her in the background talking, like starting to talk and it just devastated me. Mm. Like I got into the deepest, probably one of the deepest states of depression I had ever been in in my life. And it was like 
instantly smoking, started smoking again. I started like sleeping in, quit going to the gym. I wouldn't leave the tent. Like all my buddies were like, dude, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not, man. Like I, I like my daughters, I missed her first steps. I missed her first words. I missed her first real food. I missed, you know, I missed all of her first. Yeah. In a span of a four month deployment, hmm. you know? And it's like, what? Like I came home and she was, I left and she was like permanently laying down in something cause she couldn't really do anything. I come home and she's like walking. I'm like, wow. what, what the, like what happened? Yeah. You know, like I hardly even recognized her cause when I came home, I surprised my family and walked up. They were at the neighbor's house and we shared a backyard. It was on, we lived on post uh, over in England and I walked up to the neighbor's sliding glass door, you know, and I saw my ex there. And then I see this little girl walking around, like pointing and playing with stuff on the entertainment center. And I didn't even recognize her at first. And then she turned around and I walked in and Phoebe's mom told her, you know, Phoebe, you know, getting her attention, Phoebe, Phoebe, Phoebe. And she finally turned around and I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, Mm. you know, so definitely very hard thing for our veterans to deal with is that separation. And it, it almost creates, like, once you do it once, it creates this place in your mind that you can go to where you can separate that from the things that you have to do so that you can focus on the mission, mm. you know. And it's that mindset that allows us to separate life, so to speak. And we go to this place, and it's like there's no emotion, there's no, there's no anything, and it's our safe place. Mm. Uh, so, and, and we always have that place even after the military. So it's kind of, it makes it difficult because a lot of people don't understand that. So when we start going through rough times in life, you know, we end up back in that hard, you know, that, that place where we don't, we don't want to be there, but that's how we deal, mm. you know? So it's, it's crazy. It's the mind of a veteran is, is a lot. It's yeah. And there's, and, and there's no way to pin it because every single one experiences different, different. kinds of combat. Yep. Different kinds of scenarios, different, right? You know, like, like I've never been in a gunfight. I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. I've I never fired my gun at a person. Almost did a couple times, but uh, there was a couple situations that I had to re, re, uh, respond to. As you know, in the quick quick reaction force QRF, uh, there was a guy just one incident instance uh, in Tarmia, Iraq. Uh, we were on QRF, and. Uh, we get this call that the you know a bomb went off. I mean, we heard it, you know, obviously because we're only it was only like a mile outside the mm. you know the little fob we were in, and we rolled up onto the scene, got got the security, and then my my senior scout looks at me and he goes, "Hey, Sergeant Goody, I need you to go over in front of the store where the the bomb went off. I need you to look for body parts." And I'm like, "All right, Roger." Not thinking about it, you know, just Roger, go go do yeah. it, yeah, you know. And I walk over there and. I start looking around and I've got this camera and it's like, wait a minute. This voice in my head just goes, you're looking for body parts. And it's like, uh, I like, how do you deal with that? You know? So you just, you know, like I said, you just got to, you got to go to that place and you don't think about it. You just do it. You know, when you were talking, what it made me think about, because I can't even imagine I was never in the military, so I can't imagine what that would be like. But, you know, because we are all Christians, and I know that even on this podcast, this comes up quite a bit when you're talking about different things in Christianity. 
But how often do you see dads that never served in the military because we need people to serve in the military, and there is a sacrifice there, and I know it's hard on families, but how many dads do we have in homes that are absentee, spiritually speaking, Mm, that aren't given, like for you, your real dad wasn't in your life, but you had a stepdad that kind of stepped up and... Was everything to me. You know, he was there for, I know I've said it before, but... He was there when I started puberty. He was there when I needed to start shaving. He was there when I got in my first street fight. He was there when I wanted to learn how to play basketball. Mm. And so in every way, he he's my dad, you know. And I think that's one thing that um, construction and military kind of go hand-to-hand, construction workers. The only difference is military people are, are you know, deployed. Right. But construction workers spend so much time away from their family working – like till they can can't even stand anymore sometimes you know in a lot of ways and my dad honored and loved our military but in a lot of ways we were we were growing up where we didn't really get to see my dad because he was gone at three o'clock in the morning he wasn't Mm. back till nine o'clock at night saturdays and sundays were the only days we got to see him if he wasn't working overtime and saturdays he was trying to rest up and sundays we were gone for church because he was ministering somewhere Mm. you know so it's hard but to go back during your deployments, you weren't necessarily saved at that time, or no. So I, I wasn't saved. Um, I've always been a believer. Um, I just had a skewed vision. Is mm. that? I mean, yeah, I think that's t- a good. We talked about. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, my 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 perspective of not just God, but the Bible itself was was skewed. Mm-hmm. You know, and. I was taking, I used to make jokes that I kind of invented my own religion Mm -hmm. because I would take little bits from everybody, from all the different religions, you know, because, I mean, and, and, you know, like like we've talked, you know, no one religion really has it right because everybody's missing that key component of just worshiping the Lord, you know, Jesus, you know, not all this other extra shenanigans, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's what they are, they're shenanigans. <clears throat> so, in a religious way, technically, I was saved because I had been baptized. I had accepted Christ into my heart when I was a teenager. Um, and once you do that, you you know, there's no turning away from it, really. Right. Um, but I was lost. I was definitely that lost mm-hmm. prodigal son. And you know, in fact, when I when we moved back to here to Hemet, you know, I grew up here, and uh, first time I saw my dad after we moved moved back in. Shout out to Pops, Bobby Goodfield, the man. We love Bobby He's Goodfield the man. on this the podcast. Unbelievable. Legend. God can fix anything. <laughs> yeah. He, he fixed he, my treadmill in my home. Literally, so. if it has a motor, he's got you. Literally, um, I've, I've seen him fix some. Hey, uh, crazy Mr. Bobby, stuff. I need a transmission repair. I'm <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Hashtag uh, Bimo, right? Hashtag um, I take care of your grandkids every <laughs> yeah, Sunday. Uh, there you Are go. you trying to get a free uh, transmission uh, work here? I mean, you know, <laughs> this podcast needs help. You, you gotta, you gotta help him uh, with the whole Spotify thing first. I uh, got him. So I you had to get a, Kim and Bobby in here. So you kind of had a concept of Jesus and had asked him in your heart, but didn't understand the relationship part. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So how's that for you now? It, it's a game changer. Mm. Absolute game changer. You know, it's the place that I, the place that I was at last summer was so dark 
because of things that I had done in my life. That's right. I have a hard time placing that. You've probably faithfully been at DP City for about eight months, right? Right. Yeah. I want to say it's September I started coming back. I moved here in May. And I want to say it was like August or September. Yeah, so that's like, probably about right. I remember seeing you when you guys were first choosing to, or you getting ready to move from Arizona. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay. yeah, it's almost hard to believe. That's one of my to... favorite. Uh... Dude, dude, when I when I go, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't play. I, I do, and that's the military aspect. That's that military mentality. Mm. I, you know, a lot of people look at me and they're like, "Well, you haven't been like my wife trips out." Heather's like, "I've never known you like this," and it's like, yeah, it's. Oh, You're this, all in. This is the new me, so get used to it. <laughs> That's cool. One of my favorite <laughs> That's good. Uh, Greg Goodfield moments is on a, men, a men's morning, and we were talking about tattoos for some reason. I don't even remember why. Um, and he was talking about how he used to call himself a merchant of sin when yeah. he didn't know, like mocking God, you know, because yep. people would say tattoos are, are sin, and then Greg would say, well, if the, if getting a tattoo is sin, then I'm, I'm dealing it, you know. Mm. And but it's not that part. It's the conviction that he had after it, the understanding of how funny it is where God's brought him, where he came from this place where he was mocking God, basically laughing and saying, like, yep. I'm I'm dealing sin to people to God has now turned him to somebody who aspires. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aspires to be out there and helping people mm, learn. Absolutely. And that's good. Connect with God. You absolutely. Know? So yeah. funny how he works. But don't you think that's what the way Paul was when he was Saul? He was mocking God. He right. was having his people killed and standing there when, especially like when Stephen was stoned to death. But I think that's the great thing about God is like Paul having the experience on the road to Damascus. We all have our Damascus road experience. So for you, when do you think things kind of shifted for you and you started to see the relationship differently? Um, it was during one of Reggie's groups, good old Bishop Reggie, uh, the Bishop, <laughs> the, the Bishop, the Bishop, the, the, the Bishop. Bishop. Yeah. The Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> it was one, it was in one of his groups. Um, I want to say it was the men's group cause I, you know, I came with my dad and it was when I first started coming after we moved here. And, you know, he always reads first Corinthians 13 and, you know, somebody was reading it. <clears throat> and it was like the Holy Spirit just knocked me in the back of the head. You know, it was just like, what are you doing with your life? You know, and because I, I was, I was, I was mentally and physically in the gutters. I was destroying myself every day hmm. because I didn't want to be me. I didn't want to be in my own skin, you know. And when I heard that, it was like, this is in a, in a seven verses, this is how we are supposed to live. Mm-hmm. This is how we're supposed to think, feel, act, you know, everything in a nice little tight package. Mm. And I was like, wow. And then people started sharing on it. And I was like, wow. So that was definitely, that was the moment when, when that relationship started for me mm. was during, during Reggie's group, men's group, Sunday morning, the Rook. That's cool, and and, and dude, we we need to make that so much bigger in this congregation. Like, there's right. so many men that can benefit from that group. I mm-hmm. think, and it's just it's it's every Sunday. It's before church. Like, there's even time afterwards to go home, pick your, pick up your family, and come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I love how mo- a lot of the times, um, you know, people so many times they're like, I wasn't even going to come to men's group today, and then it almost always the Holy Ghost 
manipulates the conversation to be exactly what they needed for some reason. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. Sunday, bro. Yeah. Every Sunday morning it does that. Yeah. You know, um, was that Sunday morning? I was, I shared one Sunday and, uh, yeah, that exact thing happened. He, the, the guy that received the spirit from me, you know, well, not from me, but you know what I'm saying? Um, he was inspired by you. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Thank you. Uh, he, he came up to me afterwards and he's like, man, I wasn't going to come. Mm. I was like, just not feeling it, but I just, you know, my dad would say those days when you get that, when you wake up and you get that, oh, I don't want to go as like the days you have to make sure you go. Right. Like no matter what, you know, if you wake up and it feels like it's a normal, whatever day, that's fine. That's it's cool. But for some reason, those breakthrough days, those days where you mm. wake up and you're like, oh man, I just don't want to go to church. I just don't want to. I think you just hit on something that's important, though. When you were talking, Greg, you just said that when you were in the men's group, it affected this other person. Even going to the youth takeover last night, for me, being 58 years old, my mentality when I go in now is I go, what if this is a life-changing event for someone else? Right. And I want to be part of that, whether it's me talking to them or not, just being in the environment, and you realize that lives, people's lives can change. Like when you were kind of watch the event last night and host in the event. How did you feel afterwards and just seeing people's lives touched? You know, for me personally, there's nothing more powerful than seeing kids worshiping God wholeheartedly. And there were some kids who weren't even in our youth group. I'm talking maybe fourth graders, third graders who were like down on their knees crying, worshiping because That's of amazing. the things that they're going through. And I've always said young people can lead older people into worship and to follow God so so much better than old people can lead younger people, you know. Well, it's like you yeah. know, you know, That's God good. God wants us to to worship from a place of a child heart, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. those aren't the exact words. Yeah, but no, but no, it's yeah, so it's good. I think for us in our worldly ways of being old, you know, we see that child love for for God, and it it reminds us how we're supposed to be. It goes back to First Corinthians thirteen. You almost have to have that childlike thing to feel that love for... Uh, Absolutely. So my thing with uh, 1 Corinthians is something I teach in the youth. I haven't shared it in men's group yet, because oftentimes when in men's, when we talk about 1 Corinthians, you know, it's we're kind of self-correcting. Love should be patient, and then we remember all the times we weren't patient with right. our loved ones or whatever. And, and that's good. I think it's good. But um, I think it's important to get stingy with 1 Corinthians in your life and realize that that is... As a child of God, that is how you deserve to be loved as well. True. And so a lot of times we look at 1 Corinthians and have that self-guilt of like, oh, I wasn't kind, I wasn't patient, I was quick to anger, which is true. But at the same time, where is your standard? Because oftentimes Mm. we'll allow people to abuse us and beat us and neglect us and and harm us emotionally and spiritually because they love us. But our standard as Christians should be love is patient, love is kind, Love shouldn't be quick to anger. Love shouldn't judge. Love shouldn't boast. And that's how we should love, but that's also how we should be loved. Yeah, but that's part so, of the communication aspect. You know, you got to have that line of communication. You need to be able to express that to somebody without anger, without frustration yeah. mm-hmm. that, you know, hey, you know, I didn't really feel appreciated in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I put forth this effort and you just kind of like blew me off. Yeah. You know. In the future, can you try to give me some appreciation yeah. for it? You know, and it, and that's that relationship thing. You know, and it's not just married couples. You know, dudes can do that between each other too. 100%. Yes, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, I was thinking, no, yeah, it's the iron sharpening iron. Right. I was thinking when you were talking, because you're right, you have to be able to allow yourself to be loved by God as well. When they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said love. You know, what did he say? Love, love the Lord God with all oh, your yeah, heart, heart and yeah. your neighbor as yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. And it's easy to love God sometimes and your neighbor, but not always yourself right. because... That's you gotta hard. live with yourself. That's the hard part. Yeah. You know, you know yourself in your darkest moments. Is it hard for you sometimes? Oh, I, I can't stand myself. I can't stand myself. Now think about that. Because <laughs> what are you doing when you say that? You're I'm prophesying. not loving myself. Yeah, yeah. I do it sometimes, and I'm going. But I gotta live with me. If I keep putting myself <laughs> down, I gotta live with this dude. I have to do things. <laughs> right. You do that. Right. Yeah. I yeah. have to do things that I'm purposely drive myself crazy because. Like, I consider myself a very hard worker. Um, I don't like to be outworked, and it's not prideful. It's just, like, if I get put on a job site, I want to know that, like, I gave 100% all mm. the time, no matter what, and nobody could take that from me. You but, have a sense of pride with it. But in reality, my nature is not to be hardworking. My nature is very lazy. Mm. Like, myself as unmotivated like i i'm cool just waking up sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing gym shorts mm. on the couch playing 100%, 100%. <laughs> been there done that i used to, i used to when my dad would tell me to mow the lawn i used to mow it bad on purpose just so he wouldn't ask me to do it anymore mm. not because i couldn't mow the lawn that theory works though it did wow work. that's and you thought that out yeah wow i was like i'm just gonna do it really really bad eventually my dad's not gonna ask me to do mm. this no more and that's my nature. Like, that's that's kind of how I tend to look at things. But I have to force myself. Like, I combat myself to be a hardworking person. So doing events or, you know, working in the backyard or whatever. Like, it's a lot of people be like, man, he's such a hard worker. I wish I was gifted mm. like that. And it's like, uh, it's not a gift. It, it's something that I've worked to have this mentality, you know. But because that's you're cool. because you have to work so hard to get yourself to do that, that's why you're so good at it though. Yeah. Because you're putting extra effort mm. into it and you're not yeah, that's even good. realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. Like for you, Greg, being how was it when you first come to DP City Church and not really knowing many people? I mean, I know your daughter or your daughter was came with you and your wife and and your youngest daughter. What's your youngest daughter's name again? Adeline. Adeline. Beautiful name. Adeline Layla Braley Goodfield. <laughs> Oof. She's got two middle names. That's this, cool. The second one, Braley, was, uh, or is her twin brother's middle name. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No. I, I was blessed with a second son for five hours, mm. and then he went to be with the Lord. Wow. So. so when you first come here, was it difficult, like, being in this church setting, or was it something you were kind of like, oh, no, I kind of see church this way, or... It at at first maybe like the maybe like the first or second time I came. Well, the first time I came, I was I was more of a babbling baby than Reggie mm. is up front. Like I was in the back row, uh, kind of where Kim and my dad are when they're done greeting. They're just standing back there or whatever, and it was just the, the Holy Spirit hit me so hard that day with mm. so many different things. Like I was just tears were just streaming down my face like crazy. Wow. Um, and then the second time, I, I was like that for about half the service. Um, but now it's I, I never felt uncomfortable here. That's awesome. And and that's always been an issue for me because a lot of times when you go to church, you look like me. You know, you're covered in tattoos and you're dressed the way you dress. You you look you get judged. Hmm. You know, at least that's the feeling you get. And I've never had that here. See, you and Kyle are actually the, the uh, 
you're accepted in our church because you have tattoos. I don't have tattoos, so I may get kicked out of this church. What do you think, what do you think Kyle? I think uh, we're going to initiate you before <laughs> I, you get kicked out. I think I, we're going to hold I you know down. A guy. I you know, know a guy. You know a guy that knows a guy, right? I know, no, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to hold you down while Greg tattoos First Corinthians. I don't have much strength left. I think you guys will be able to do it. So. We're going to tattoo First Corinthians on your eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> right across the top here. I'll be well, that 1%, uh, man. No, the 1%. Shave, yeah, shave, yeah, shave your eyebrows. I'll put it right where your it eyebrow is. right is. there, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, we are <laughs> already running out of time. This was a really quick podcast, but we're definitely going to have to get Greg back on. Uh, real quick, before we end, we have an event coming up this weekend. Pastor Steve, you're preaching at, and uh, Greg, you're going to be a big part of it. So why don't you guys just plug that event? All right. Yeah, May 6th, uh, men's conference here in the Valley. We... Uh, the men's group here at DP City, as well as in, in other other churches in the valley, we're. I'm just gonna say it. We're declaring spiritual warfare on the on the devil, on Satan. Like we're we're done. We're tired of it. We need to take this valley back for what it is, what it used to be. You know, I grew up here, and it was a beautiful valley, and there was a lot of respect and a lot of love here. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's gotten bad, and you know the enemy's taken over. We need to we need to retake ground. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it because I know they have some other speakers that's coming in that Reggie and Christian have worked on and a special worship leader. You know, the message I'm going to preach, the the conference is called Combat Readiness, but I'm actually going to teach on Combat Ready, uh, and it's around when Peter was in prison and the angel come and released him. And uh, Greg's going to—you did a video with Greg, who's going to play the video. And and I was going to talk about that during the video because, you know— Peter was just chilling in a cell. He wasn't ready. You know, he wanted to get out, but it's not like he had his bags packed and his shoes on and ready to go. No. The angel showed up and was like, let's go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he he he, he followed. He jumped up and he went. And yeah. that, that's what being combat ready is about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's uh once again, like Greg said, it's Saturday, May the sixth from eight AM to four PM. Free breakfast, free lunch. Yes. Just saying. there you go. Just saying. yeah. Free food. I thought it cost twenty dollars. Oh, it's twenty dollars. Oh, it's twenty bucks to like you do, but you're getting equipped. Yeah. <laughs> so it's twenty bucks for the equipment. Oh, to be if you go to Starbucks two days the in a row. Breakfast is, and lunch is free. Right to listen to the speakers is twenty dollars. Yeah. If we had Kyle speaking, it'd be thirty dollars a oh, ticket. Yeah. So we had to I'd save to some pay, money. I'd have to pay a bunch of you guys to show up. I, I don't know, man. I seen this guy preaching last night. He looked pretty good. It's ah, all good. Hey, <laughs> you got mad, mad props from my mom today. She, she told me she's like, dude, he was on fire. Yeah, he was. Who's that, Grandma Kath? No, no, Who's your no. Mom? Aunt Kath. So Kathy's my aunt. Uh huh. Um, on Kim's side, right? Kim's my stepmom. My mom is Rena. Oh, I think Rena was yeah. in the second row last night or third yeah. row. Oh, yeah. cool. She was over by uh, Cora and Chris. See, I was on that awesome. side, man. I told Suzanne and them, you, you were, you were on, man. Well, I'm telling whole, you, the Holy the Spirit Holy was. Holy Spirit moves. Yeah, you know, that's Amen. you have yeah. to submit yourself. Thank you guys so much for joining us at DP City connect with DP City. We're looking forward to talking to some more of you guys and getting to know our congregation. We love you, church, and we'll see you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Connect with DP City. If you have questions, feel free to email them in at dpcitypod at gmail.com. If you're interested in appearing on our podcast, feel free to email that same email. If you'd like to give to the podcast ministry or ministry at DP City in general, you can visit our website at www.dpcitychurch.com and select the push to pay. We appreciate your support and looking forward to hearing from you soon.
God bless.